You know, the, uh, in the book of Revelations, when, uh, when, when you read the, I think in the 17th chapter, uh, the, the, the Lord talks, uh, you know, and Revelation is, is, the, is, is the period after the resurrection of Christ, right? It's, it's, the, it's the time which our glorious Savior is reigning in heaven. His work on earth is finished, it's done, it's complete. And in the book of Revelations, when you, when you read it, uh, and you read all the times in it when the, you know, when the lamb uh, speaks or, the, or, or somebody uh, speaks of the lamb, you know, then the, uh, the four beasts and the 24 elders, they, they fall down and they worship God. There's Brother Carlos. They, they fall down and they worship God and they say, uh, uh, glory, wisdom, and honor be unto God, to the Lamb, uh, who liveth forever and ever. Uh, amen. In the book of Revelations, you find this over and over, and, 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 and there is a clause in that 17th chapter uh, of, of those that were with the Lord, uh, and uh, they are called, uh, literally, uh, and this was a time when the, you know, when the beast is ready to make war with the saints, and uh, and they that are with the Lamb are the called, the chosen, and faithful. Um, so as, the, as in heaven, they are identified as called and chosen. Uh, and that the... Hi, good morning, Brother Carlos. <laughs> good to see you, Brother. Uh, they are called... Uh, they are the called and the chosen. Um, and that, you know, when, uh, when heaven is the final resting place of every child of God, and, and the resurrection day is, is, is uh, over and past. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, everybody who is there is going to praise God and give glory to God for the work of redemption. They're going to praise the Lamb, and they're going to give glory to the Lamb for the work of redemption. Nobody's going to go around and, 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 uh, and, and, and bow to anybody else in heaven. Uh, there will be no sharing or, or, uh, uh, or trying to steal the very thing that we're going to be doing, which is giving glory to God. That's what, that's what goes on in heaven, by the way. Uh, you know, and you say, well, that sounds boring. It won't be. Uh, right now, you and I can't fathom the fact that, that we'll be without sin and... and, and uh, you know, we'll be perfect. Our bodies will be perfect. There won't be anybody who's, who's, who, who, who doesn't, you know, not around the throne. It should be there. Uh, there, uh, there won't be anybody there who's got corrupt thoughts and corrupt feelings. Nobody's going to be uh, uh, absent from the praise of God. Nobody's going to be uh, um, a foolish behaving. There, there, listen, there will be no Satan there. There's no death, no sin. Nobody's going to say, have you heard about old brother so-and-so? He's now stricken with, with cancer and uh, not, doesn't have very long to live. All this will never be there. This, uh, it, and whatever's in heaven, how heaven's going to be, is going to be glorious beyond our expression. I can't express it. never been there. I don't know how to. I can read about it in the Bible, and God does give us enough insight to know how glorious it is going to be. But one thing's for sure, that everybody in heaven is going to give glory to the Lamb for the salvation that He wrought and He only wrought. Now, they might not on this earth, but uh, what uh, my, my idea is, is, if we give it to God in heaven for a victorious Savior, 
I'd just like to get an early start down here, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, why, why would I want to do something different on earth or, 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 or praise God any less on earth than what I'm going to do in heaven someday? Now, because that's what God deserves. It's, it's not, that, not that I'm special or that you're special. You're not any more special than any other child of God. And by nature, friends, you're nothing that God would ever love within yourself. You're, you're God's enemy. You're, you're a sinner. You're corrupt. You break God's laws. Uh, not intentionally, I hope. Uh, but, you know, we, we, are, we are vile uh, in, in and of ourselves. And by nature, we are the children of wrath, even as others. So don't ever think that you're special in, the, in, in, in that sense. But you are special in the eyes of God as His chosen, as His called and chosen. And then you're going to be faithful. There'll never be anybody unfaithful to God in heaven. And, and I don't want to be on earth, do you? I, I, don't, I, I do not want to start that down here if I'm not going to do it there. <laughs> but I want to praise God for the glory that God deserves while I'm on this earth. So, you know, when, when, uh, when Paul talks about the, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in, his, in His suffering, and it says that God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name above every name, that's my name too. That's your name. That's the name of everybody who's ever tried to preach the gospel, whether they preached it in truth or they preached it in error. Whatever they've tried to preach, the name of Jesus Christ is above them. They may not wish to concede to that, but that is the fact. Uh, His name is above every name in heaven. The Apostle Paul is not trying to rob the glory of Jesus Christ while he is in heaven right now. Neither is Apostle Peter. It is above every name on earth and under the earth, so that every knee shall bow at that name. And they will. Even the wicked, one of these days, are going to bow at the name of Jesus Christ when He comes back the second time. They will not be able to help it. But I want to get an early start on it because I want to do it. How about you? That, that sounds like the best option to us, right? That sounds like something we should do. Now, when... Uh, so what is this glory? What surrounds this glory? What, what makes up the glory of God? Uh, you know, the, 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 and what goes on in heaven? Are we going to change on earth the outcome in heaven? We know the outcome in heaven, right? It's, it's a victorious Jesus Christ. It's a, he's a victorious Jesus Christ in heaven. And uh, if you go to the, uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 42. All right, and this, and I've read this here before recently on the, in another discourse, but I want, I never got down to this last part, but this is the part I want to get. Now, you know, when, uh, when, when God tells us even before uh, the very birth of the object of his glory, do y'all realize that when Jesus Christ was, when Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, she, uh, Jesus Christ uh, was a, in a just, just like you know, little Teddy here, uh, when he was born, he, he came forth the same way out of the womb of a mother, except he had no earthly father, right? He was, uh, there was, there was, uh, he was born of a virgin. <clears throat> his, his father was God. Mary is not the mother of God. She is the mother of the humanity of Christ. God is the father of of the Son of God. The Son of God was before Mary. The Son of God was with God. The Son of God was God. All things were made by Him, for Him, including His own mother. So let's not exalt her above where we should. She is highly exalted in the fact that 
There is no other woman will ever carry the title of, of bearing the Son of God on this earth. And then having, and then poor old Simeon tells her, you know, as she brings him the eighth day or the 40-something, 42nd day to the temple, and he turns to her and said, Mary, a sword is going to pierce your sword. A, a sword is going to pierce your soul for this child. All the days of her life was the Son of God trouble to her. Not because of his disobedience, but because of everything he went through. And she had to bear it because she knew he was his Savior. She, <laughs> she bore him and then he bore her, right? So, uh, so the Son of God was born, and you know what? It is the only time in history, the only time when, when you were born or I was born or anybody else was born, whatever the greatest preacher that walked on the face of this earth, the Apostle Paul when he was born, there was never a course of heavenly angels that broke forth and sang the praises of God. And their praise was this, glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace. Not that there's going to be peace on earth. <laughs> People have tried to make that scripture and turn it right around and say, well, we can have all have peace on earth. Uh, you know, well, if, if man is not corrupt, then there can be peace. But guess what? Man is. <clears throat> so they didn't say peace on earth, but on earth is the prince of peace. That's what he means. Now, <clears throat> and, and goodwill toward men. There's no greater will that God has shown toward his children than the Prince of Peace coming to the earth. Right there, that babe and that babe alone is who the angels meant when they said glory to God. This is the object of God's glory. He did not give that to me at my birth. When my children were born, there was never a chorus of angels to break forth and say glory to God in the highest. Chloe's on this earth now and how many people she's going to help get to heaven is going to be great in number, uh, uh, number. So, so I'm going to give glory to her. Never did the angel sing such a thing about her. The only object of God's glory is the Son of God, even as a babe. And so when the Lord Jesus Christ came you know, to Jerusalem to be, to be crucified, His hour was coming, and, uh, you know, and he, he, he came in, uh, and the, in the prophecy of, uh, of Zechariah says, Rejoice, ye daughters of Zion. Sing aloud, you daughter of, or you virgin, virgin daughters of Zion. Sing aloud, you daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, your king cometh. <clears throat> now, behold, he cometh, riding, or, or lowly, having salvation. He's not going to try to get it. It is his right there, having salvation. Riding on the ass, the coat, the foal of an ass. This is your king, and at that point in time, he has salvation with him. And he's going to give it to his people. So the people who were before him that were laying down all the, the, uh, the palm branches, and you know what they sang? Glory to God in the highest. Same theme that the angels sang. Listen, when you're around the object of God's glory, which is Christ, Go ahead and say it. Glory to God in the highest. That is His glory. That's how He's going to get His glory. That's it. This is how God is going to get His glory all wrapped up in one man. It is not in me. I will not assist the Lord. I do not have salvation. I cannot give you salvation. I cannot... Bring salvation, and, and, and I'm talking about in an eternal sense. It is out of my power to do so. If it was in my power, then why would not God glorify me a little bit? 
Just a little. Don't I deserve a little pat on the back for helping the Lord populate heaven? That is the theme, y'all. That is the, that is the theme of religion uh, that goes on. And, and, and this has all kind of got stirred up lately. Uh, <clears throat> when, uh, when, those, when they laid those boughs of, uh, and the branches and palm branches down, they said glory to God, or glory in the highest. They said peace in heaven. The angels said peace on earth. They say peace in heaven. You think they knew something? You think by, you know, that the Spirit of God gave them some indication that the man that was, had the, the Prince of Peace on earth is now going to make peace with heaven, with the God of heaven, with His Father, making peace by the blood of His cross? He didn't try to make peace with God. Jesus Christ did not try to make peace with God. He made peace with God. If He did not make peace with God, you and I are in trouble. Everybody on this earth that's ever claimed to be a child of God is in trouble if the Son of God did not make full peace and pardon before the God of heaven. That's why, that's why the Lord uh, concerning Isaiah 52, God says concerning Christ that God saw the travail of His soul long before He died and He was satisfied. And God said, by my servant, by my servant, shall many be made righteous. He shall justify many and many will be made righteous. By my servant. So let's meet the servant in Isaiah 42. <clears throat> Behold my servant. God says, behold him. Long before he's on this earth. You know, I, my, my timeline says about 712 years before the Son of God is going to have the angels sing in chorus. Of glory to God in the highest. <clears throat> behold my servant whom I uphold. You know, God's not going to leave him in the grave, is he? Even the angels had to, had to discharge over him to lift him up unless he dashed his foot against a stone. Mine elect in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. The, listen, this is singular, right? Notice my servant. He didn't say servants. Singular one. My servant, I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles, an indication that the Lord is going to bear the judgment of His people in the Gentile nations. He shall not cry nor lift, up, uh, nor lift up nor cause His voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall He not break and a smoking flax shall He not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Notice the shall there. God says He's not going <laughs> to... Listen, this, this Son of God, when, when He comes, He is not going to fail. That's what He says here next. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged. The Son of God shall not fail. This servant of God will not fail in what He was sent on earth to do. He will not be discouraged. So, so the Son of God, if, if He is in heaven, and, the, and, the, and all the, uh, the four and twenty elders, and the four beasts, and all the host of heaven are praising God, and saying, glory, honor, Power, majesty, unto him that liveth forever and ever, to the Lamb, amen. Sounds like the Son of God is okay with his results. Sounds like to me that he is not discouraged and saying, wait, don't give me the praise yet. Hang on a second. Let's wait and see how this turns out. 
I've got so much more that I need these people, down, these sinners down there. I, I need them to help me. I don't know if, I, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if I'm worthy of your praise or not. Let's see. Let's see who all we can get here. You don't find him being discouraged. He is, listen, the, the Son of God, when, when in the 19th chapter of Revelation, it says that, uh, John says that the, that the windows of heaven were opened. Man, I tell you what. What have you, John, got that day when the windows of heaven were opened? And I saw a man sitting on a white horse. Sitting on a white horse. His vesture that he had on was dipped in blood. And he had a name that no man, that no man knew. And then, he says, and, and then he says, and his name is the Word of God. W-O-R-D, capital W-R-D, the logos, the living Word. The Word that was alive, that died, and is alive evermore. That's our Savior, y'all. That's Him. And on His white horse, he, listen, on the white horse, uh, he, he's, uh, he's got, a, uh, he's got the, uh, uh, the garment, and, and, and then written on that garment, it says, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then, there's a, then there are the people in heaven who are upon white horses right behind him. And I don't know what that means. I have no idea. I just know this, that that does not sound like somebody who is struggling to receive glory and honor. It does not sound like somebody who has failed or somebody that is discouraged. Don't let anybody ever tell you that the Son of God will not save you unless you let Him. Don't let anybody tell you that the Son of God has done everything He can. And my friends, if you don't uh, uh, do such and such, that, uh, that, that, that the Son of God is going to be discouraged in the fact that He loves you so much, but He will not save you because you have not let Him or you have not uh, uh, consented or you have not uh, done whatever that somebody has commanded. Because friends, if that was the case, God's glory goes away. God will not get the glory that He promises He will have in this person, Jesus Christ. And how God saves and who God saves is for His own glory's sake. And that's it. He doesn't do it so that, uh, 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 you know, for... for uh, he, do, he doesn't work this thing and says, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to see how all this comes out at the end. This is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take this this ball so far, and then the sinner's got to take it and take it on to the end zone. You know, God does that's, that's not who your God is. So, so let's say here that, that the Lord is saying Himself that Jesus Christ will not be discouraged. He'll not fail to be discouraged till He has set forth judgment in the earth. That is, till He dies on the cross. Doesn't mean He's going to scourge after that. It means that's purpose. He set judgment in the earth. And the isles, that's the Gentiles, that's what it says over in Matthew, shall wait for his law. Thus saith, the Lord, uh, thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. Now notice this. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, still talking about his son, I will hold thy hand, I will keep thee, I will give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison. Not just any prisoners. Hold your, hold your place right there. Let's go to the prophet Zechariah. 
Now notice what Zechariah says. We get a little more insight of these prisoners. Let's see. Let me find it. In the 13th chapter of the prophet Zechariah. That's not, that's not the place I wanted. Hang on, there's another prophecy in here. Okay, ninth chapter. All right, so we're, talking, we're going back to the prophecy of, of Behold, thy, thy king cometh. This ninth chapter, 11th verse. As for thee also, notice he calls it by the blood of thy covenant. Now, now we got a means by which this covenant is kept and made, right? But the means by which it is finished. By the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners. Now notice they were prisoners, but they, were, they belonged to the Lord of the covenant. They are the Lord's people before they are sent out. The Son of God has always had these people. They are His people, have always been His people. They are called thy prisoners. He says, by the blood of the covenant, I will send them out of the pit wherein is no water. Then He tells those same ones, turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. Kind of like what, over you, what you see over in Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord hath given thee double for all thine iniquities. All right. So that, they're the prison. All right. So to open the blind eyes to bring this back to, back to 42. <clears throat> to, to, uh, to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house, I am the Lord. That is my name. Anybody want to uh, declare that you are? I don't. Now this is what he says. And my glory... Will I not give to another? God's glory and salvation, He refuses to share with preacher, with sinner. And yet that is the majority of... Uh, of, of, of people. Now I say this because I, I wish they knew different. And, and I, I've got, I'm going to read this because... Bubba had sent me this, and I don't bring the, my phone into the stand very often, but this is for a particular reason. All right, so this is on the, this is on the uh, internet, Facebook, I think. Facebook. I don't know who this boy is, but he's a, he's a young man in our county. All right. <clears throat> Listen to his post. The divine creator of this existence of this existence created you for one reason. He needs you. Remember that. All mankind is His and He needs you to do His divine work. Keep living with joy in your heart. I don't mind that part whatsoever. 24-7. Knowing that He is so proud of you, I refuse to say God's proud of me. Spread God's love to others. I cannot give it to others, but I can show it. And know that God is smiling at you when you further His needs. Does not sound like the same God speaking. And Now I say this because I wish this boy knew different. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and then there's been other things of late that, that Judah reads to me and it, and, and on the internet. You know, that wonderful thing called Facebook. 
And another one had mentioned the fact that <clears throat> that this I think is exact words. May may the lamb that was slain, may the lamb that was slain have the reward of his suffering, which that supposes that he may not. So that so that Christ died on the cross and has no idea how this is going to turn out. No, and has no idea. So that so all the sins, so that all the sins that he suffered for, not only were laid on him, but then God's going to charge them to the other individuals too? That's not a just God. That can't be a just God. God cannot charge Christ with your sins and then charge you with them. It's impossible. God, that would make God unjust, and that is impossible. God is not just. Uh, God is not unjust. So God charged your sins to his son. Everybody that God gave the Son, God charged their sins to the Son. The Son of God said Himself, Father, glorify Thy Son. Glory, you know, give me glory as rightfully He deserves as He has glorified Thee. This is how Christ glorified God. Remember, this is the, this is the object of God's glory. As Thou hast given Him power over all flesh that He, that is this servant, should give, not offer, but should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the true and living God, and his son Jesus whom thou hast sent. Do you know God? You say, yes, I feel I do. Then you're one of the ones that God gave the son and that the son bore your sins. That is your servant. That is God's servant. That is your Savior. Now, that is the means that God gets glory. He, he does not share this with anybody else. I would that every one of God's people understood how they deprive God of exactly what they ought to give Him on this earth, and that is the full glory. Did not sound that, like that from that message I read you, did it? That He needs me, and He's proud of me. No, God is not proud of me. God, Listen, God is merciful to me. He's a merciful God to me. My goodness. <clears throat> Robbing God has never been a good idea. <clears throat> now, to finish this on up. He says, My glory will, not give to, will I not give to another. Then he says, Behold, the former things are come to pass. Right? The former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. As if I'm saying to you, this is how it's going to happen, y'all. That's what God's saying. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Before, they, before, he even, before the angels declare glory to God, I'm telling you that Jesus Christ will not fail nor be discouraged. You can have confidence in that Savior. You can have confidence in the Son of God. That's something to rejoice in. Y'all understand, this is something to glorify God about when, uh, when Paul says, so you know, the people say, what is the, the vision of the church? I listen to American Family Radio. Sometimes I like a lot of the stuff they say. Some things I have to discard. But a lot of times they, they, the vision of the church changes every year. Well, the vision of the church this year is this. And the vision of the church next year is that. Listen, the vision of God's church has always been the same. You know what it is? The Apostle Paul tells us it will never change. Glory be to God in the church throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.
That is the vision of God's church. That is what you are supposed to do. Every one of God's children ought to give Him the glory for what He has done for them. They should not try to rob Him of it. They should not try to share in it. It's almost as if that the Lord is going to meet them at heaven's gate and shake their hand and say, well, I'm so glad that you helped me out. Yeah, I don't expect that. I do not expect the Lord to shake my hand and thank me. And I've never heard this said before, but, but other ministers have, and they've told me that, that they've heard it come out of the preacher's mouth. I can't wait to get to heaven to shake the hands of everybody that I helped get there. You know who that would be? Nobody. When they get listen, those folks when they get to heaven, they're going straight down to the praise of God, and they're going to be glad to praise God for this glory that God has and God deserves, that God has worked on their behalf without them even agreeing with it. They don't even have to agree with it on earth for it to take place. This is a glorious, glorious God. And before all this tape, before, before it comes to pass, God says, I'm telling you this. <laughs> Listen, that's wonderful to me. So, the, uh, you, know, you know, as I'm used to cold taking time. I didn't realize I had so much time left. I need to slow down a little bit, don't I? Slow down. Uh, all right, let's go. <clears throat> Go to, let's go to the book of Ezekiel right quick. I just want to get this reading in Ezekiel just to give us an idea of, of who God is, right? Ezekiel chapter 20. Now, this is the... Uh, this is when you know, they're, in, they're exiled in, in, in the Babylonian captivity, right? They're, 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 they're up there and uh, Nebuchadnezzar has his... Uh, has this army, you know, they, they've, been, they've been taken away from their land. And God is repeating to them concerning his, uh, how he brought them out of Egypt. You know, that's what God does a lot, isn't it? God tends to remind you how he brought you out of bondage and why he did. Right? And the reason he does that is so you don't forget it. Now, sin is a whole lot worse bondage than Egypt. A whole lot worse. All right. In the, sixth, in the sixth verse of the 20th chapter, In the day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into the land that I espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, God says, which is the glory of all lands. So God intended to give them a glorious place. And, and, and Canaan is a type of the church. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ is a glorious place. It's not glorious in the eyes of, 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 of worldly people. I mean, you think people who, who are of this world will come in today and say, wow, those folks are really something. You know, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> they're stuck. Those old Baptists are stuck in this thing called the Bible. They just, they can't get over it. It's time to update. Listen, folks. Whatever God has first built and the glory that was built in it is the glory I want to praise today. And if glory is to be to God in the church, I'm not going to change the theme of how God saves, nor who He saves. I'm not going to change the theme of of discipleship, of what we owe God. I will never change that theme. My, uh, if I do, you need to rid me and get somebody else. If I ever change it, rid me. 
Say, Lofton is no more profitable. Kick him out. <laughs> Whatever it takes for somebody to be here to glorify God properly. You know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, another prophecy in the book of Zechariah. If you look at Zechariah and you read the prophecies, it's like a, it's like a journey through the, through the life of Christ. It starts out with prophecies of, of Him as the branch. And, and God says, Behold, I will send the branch, my son. Right? This, so this is a prophecy of what's coming. And it says that, that He shall build the temple. Now, they're waiting for somebody to build a natural temple in Jerusalem still. It's... You know, they're waiting for the third temple. Some folks think that the world's going to die, uh, go come to an end when, when finally the Messiah goes and builds his temple. That's not the temple he's talking about. All you got to do is put a little scripture together. What temple is Christ going to build? It's a temple of people. That's what Paul said to the, in, in the Corinthians. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that God's Spirit dwells in you? How about that? Now guess what he says after that? Not only is he going to build the temple, but he is going to bear the glory thereof. Now in heaven, every one of God's people who does not like the theme I'm preaching today, listen, there will be folks be mad at me today for preaching that Jesus Christ is a complete Savior. That He doesn't fail. That He's not discouraged. That He doesn't need me. And He doesn't need the young man who posted this. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't need uh, somebody to uh, hope that he gets the reward of his suffering. That's not my Savior. That is not the Savior. All right? So, uh, so we find it here that we find a little bit about God to understand just why God does things. So then he says, Then I said to them, Cast away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. God had already made a covenant uh, uh, with, with Abraham that I'm going to bring this people out of Egypt. And while they were in Egypt, y'all, God sent prophets. We don't get to read about that in Exodus or anything. But this, this we get, God gives us insight here that while they were there, before he brought them out, he sent prophets and says, Quit worshiping gods of Egypt. Did it work? No. But they rebelled against me. They wouldn't hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of Egypt. In other words, I'll destroy them right here. But notice the next part. But... I wrought or I worked for my namesake. For my namesake. What God does, He does for His own glory. That my name would not be polluted before the heathen. So when God brought them out, it was for the glory of His namesake. It wasn't because they deserved it, did they? I mean, they were still worshiping idols right up to the last time. That my name should not be polluted among the heathen among whom they were. In whose sight I made myself known unto them. You know, the Egyptians knew who God was when he got finished with those ten plagues, didn't he? Or didn't they? And bringing them out of the land of Egypt. 
And it was all because God has sworn and made a covenant pact. Right? He already told Abraham, I'm going to bring them out. Bring them out of Egypt. Here he says, I destroyed them. But for my name's sake, I wrought and, for the, and, and, and I work to bring them out for my name's sake and that my name would not be polluted among those heathen Egyptians who worshipped idols. You see why God does things sometimes? For His name's sake? For His own glory's sake? You know, when, when Moses wrote the song, of, uh, the, uh, the song of Moses, you know, uh, <laughs> you won't find anything in the song of Moses when God delivered him out of Egypt that, that Moses says... We have, work, work, uh, we have work salvation out together, me and God. Everything Moses wrote in the song of Moses glorified God for a deliverance. He says, He is a God of war. He hath overthrown the horse and his rider. In the book of Revelations in the 15th chapter, guess what? In heaven, there is also the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. It's the same lyrics. It's the same lyrics, only there's a different deliverance, right? We sing about a different deliverance than an Egyptian bondage. We sing about a deliverance from sin, from hell, from death, from being cast away from God that we deserve because we're no different than these Egypt, uh, Israelites in Egypt. We still serve our gods in America, do we not? Sure we do. We don't admit it. <laughs> but our gods are our money. Our, our, our entertainers, our sports, our lives, our health, whatever it is we want to do. It's our, listen, we have plenty of whatever we covet, the Bible rightly describes as idolatry. Paul says, Beware of covetousness, for it is idolatry. What do you covet? What do you think about most? Is it, is it you know, is it knew this and knew that you cannot satisfy until there's something new or, or uh, what, what is it what is it your family you know you can covet your family more than you can covet God we have our idols in America don't ever, in fact we don't even mind sometimes saying and having a show called American Idol let's just go ahead and put it out there American Idol let's put them up on stage let's get them praises and glory let's let, let's let everybody uh, cheer their name when, uh, and let's let <laughs> listen folks cheer men all over this country today in places called stadiums and look at your place right here at Buffalo Church where the house of God is you think you can listen you think you can draw 80 something or, or 100,000 people to serve God it's hard to do But who deserves it? The Titans or the Lord? I think the Lord does, don't you? We're no different, but guess what? I'm not saying it's right, but God's got a people. If they're, I don't know if they're playing at home there or not. But wherever they're playing, God has a people there that ought not to be there, but He has a people there. Who are no different than the Israelites who just refuse. They just they, they give their heart I used to be that way, folks. Listen, I, I, I don't cast stones at anybody. I know what idolatry is firsthand. And it wasn't just football. It was myself. I was my biggest idol. Me. I think about the way I was. <laughs> my poor mother-in-law had to meet me. I mean, I, you know, before she was my mother-in-law. A long time before that, but you know, here I, uh, and my father-in-law there, they they uh, they you know they they got to see a proud Lofton, somebody who was who was uh, really uh, 
proud of himself. You know, I walked with my chest out and wore the tightest clothes and tried to show my biceps off to everybody. That was, that was my glory, y'all. That was my God. Paul talks about in the book of Philippians that he speaks even now weeping. Now why does he weep? Because God's children. You weep because God's children. He said, I, 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 I say this even weeping because there are some that are the enemies to Christ and I was one of them. There was nothing I did that brought glory to the God of glory. I might attend a church, but I was there only in body. Whose God is their bellies, their inwards, who mind earthly things. That's me. That's me. Whatever on this earth brings me fun and joy and happiness. Whoever says, Lofton, boy, you got nice biceps. They were my friend. It's pitiful, but that's the way it is. Kendra knows. I mean, that's the way it was. There, there can be no denying that. There's too much evidence out there. <clears throat> now, what God does, He does for His own glory, saying because of a covenant. Now, let's go to the, let's go to the book of uh, Ephesians. I want to show you here in just a short period of time concerning, in a nutshell, in a, I'm talking about in a tightly wrapped nutshell, the glory of God and how God gets His glory, the glory He'll not share with anybody else. He refuses to. People might try to take it, but they don't have it. What they think they've assumed on this earth in helping Christ populate heaven, once they get there, they're going to understand that everybody that's in heaven, everybody that's in Christ in heaven, were in Christ before the world was even formed. They're going to know it then. They're going to understand it then. And they're going to say, praise be to who? The Lamb. <laughs> Glory be to who? The Lamb. I'm just so thankful, y'all, that we understand the glory of God and how God gets it. That's what I want to do when I'm on this earth. Don't you? Don't you want to worship God and give God the glory because He is the God of glory? <laughs> so... In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes it this way. Now, listen, Paul would be kicked out of a lot of churches for preaching this. I hope he'd be welcome right here. Grace be unto you, peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, first of all, hold your place. Let's go over to the third chapter of, of Ephesians. I want, I want to get this. Now, Paul says in 3, 9... So as a minister, it is to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery. All right, So there is the mystery, there's the fellowship of We have a fellowship in this mystery. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. Guess where it was tucked away in? It was tucked away in God. Who created all things by who? By Jesus Christ. To the intent that now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places, sounds like where God dwells, might be known... By the church, the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose. What purpose? The eternal purpose. Which, he, which God purposed in who? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Notice it is an eternal purpose that was purposed in Christ Jesus 
in His servant, right? Behold my servant. The, the whole work of salvation, eternal life, is hinges on one man, and that's it. That's why Paul said in the, in the book of Romans that death, uh, death and the, uh, came, uh, by one man's offense, death came into the world, and, and grace and the gift of grace comes by one man, Jesus Christ. Grace and the gift of grace, that's in Romans chapter 5, comes by one man, not two, not three, not four, not the preacher, not the sinner. Grace does not come by you. You cannot give grace to anybody. It came by one man, Jesus Christ. And whoever Jesus Christ gives grace to, guess what? They have grace. Whoever Jesus Christ has suffered for, they're going to be in heaven. Whoever Jesus Christ has bore their iniquities, they cannot be charged to them because they were charged to Him. That's the theme of God's glory. <clears throat> so now that we know there is an eternal purpose that was in Christ, that God purposed in Christ, then listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. Is your name there? No. Mine's not either. Billy Graham's name wasn't there. I like Billy Graham's preaching for the most part. Brother Churchill's name's not there. Joe Nettles is not here. No prune to Baptist preacher. Only Christ. According as God hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, how does He do this? By Jesus Christ to Himself. Jesus is the means by which God can take a sinner and make them by a spirit of adoption have unity with God. Christ is the means. The Spirit of God cannot quicken anybody that Christ did not die for. Their sins has to be put away. Folks cannot be born again if Christ did not die for their sins. If Christ died for their sins, they have to be born again. They have to. It is the result of Christ dying for them. It is called eternal life. God does this by Jesus Christ to Himself are you there? Does it, is it by often? I mean, is, is, is the, going back to the Facebook, is, does God need me for this? I find nothing in this whatsoever that God is willing to share His glory. His glory is still in the Son of God, right? Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. Why? According to the good pleasure of His will. God does it for His own namesake. He doesn't need to explain that to anybody. Because he's God. He does not. God owes nobody an apology for how he saves or who he saves. He, he owes nobody an apology for who he judges according to their works. The wicked are going to be judged according to their works. And you and I would if it was not for grace. Now notice why he does this. For the good pleasure's will is to the praise of the glory of his grace. Huh? We, listen, you and I might not ever praise God for the glory of His grace. Like we should. We ought to. 
I'm going to say the majority of people on this earth, God's people. I'm talking about God's redeemed, His, His chosen and foreknown. Those in heaven we see that were called and chosen and faithful have no idea of the surety of their Savior and why they feel the way they feel and why they love the God they love is because He first loved them. And if God loved them, what does God say? What does Paul say or, 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 and John too concerning that love? Herein is the love of God. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us and gave His Son. Sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There is how God exposed His love. Made it manifest. No greater manifestation of God's love than that, that God of heaven would pour out upon the Son of God your sins and make a judgment and a wrath and indignation that you and I deserved. There is no greater proof of love than that. And it's to the glory of His grace. God's going to get the praise for that one of these days completely. I just want to get a head start on it. <clears throat> to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us, that is, Christ has made us accepted. You'll not find one Bible scripture you can hunt for as long as you like. You will not find one Bible scripture that says we accept Him. You will find them everywhere where He has to accept us. Because we're the rotten ones, y'all. <laughs> and He doesn't accept us because, hey, Lofton gave $10 to a little old lady who needed it. Or, 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 or Ginger, she helped her mother-in-law on the computer uh, find something that Mama needs to order. That's a good word. It goes on Ginger's good side. It goes on Ginger's good side. You know, all, all, of the, all of the accolades that, that we tend to want to build up and, and think of ourselves as, as means by which God might accept us are false. The only means by which God accepts you is that Jesus Christ made you accepted to God. He made you that way. Does that make sense? He made you to where God can now accept you, your person, and your works after you're born again. He can actually do that. You can actually praise God now and God will accept it. You say, why? Because He accepts all things through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the key to it all. <clears throat> all right. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. All right. The Apostle Paul speaks of this and goes on and talks about the dispensation, the fullness of times. He might gather together and want all things in Christ. Notice we're still talking about things in Christ, which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in Him. Wherever, listen, God's people in heaven, God's people on earth, and the second, when the resurrection comes, the God's going to gather everybody in Christ. They were in Christ when? Before the world began. They were in Christ when He died for them. <laughs> they're in Christ when they're born from above. They're, in, they're going to be in Christ when they die. Their souls are going to be back to, to the Father. who got, The Spirit goes back to God that gave it. And then they're going to be resurrected in Christ at the last day. In whom we also have obtained an inheritance, uh, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him. Walk, we work with all things after the counsel of His own will. God does this after His own counsels, right? The counsel of His own will. That we should be to the praise of His glory. 
Now this is where, <laughs> this is what the church is supposed to do. You know, whatever God does to His glory and for His glory and for the, <clears throat> for the glory of His own grace, we should be to that. That makes sense? We should be to that. We should glorify God for the glory that is in Christ Jesus that you have. You have that Savior, God's servant, your Savior, in whom God has, has uh, uh, brought Himself glory by saving you. He doesn't save you, friends, so that you can put your little thumbs in the lapels and, and say, well, look at me. I'm... He saves you for His glory's sake. Now that, that, that really should put us on our knees, shouldn't it? That really should make us humble. That really should make us want to praise God for His glory. Because, you know, Paul, Paul talked about that in the, in the book of uh, Romans in that great ninth chapter when, it, when election is, is, uh, is, uh, is described. And he says, What if God, willing to show His wrath and make His power known, endures with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? The people who hate God. Oh, they're, they're tearing down the heartbeat. It's easy to see now. A lot of them are, are, are uh, very brazen in their hatred toward God. But why does he do that? Why is he long suffering with them? Because he says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy that God had afore prepared to glory. <laughs> How were you prepared to glory? Because you were given to Christ. You were chosen in Christ. Listen, Christ is everything to you. He's not just a part of your salvation. He's not. He's not just a vital part of it. He is everything. He's the whole matter. God does not share that glory with anybody else. He refuses to. I refuse to give it. I refuse to take it. I don't want to try to take God from uh, any of the glory from how He saves anybody on this earth. It is all the same way. It is through the Son of God. It goes back to Abel. And it's going to extend to the last child of God is born again. And then this world's over with. The fullness of Christ. His body will be complete. The last child of God will be quickened and God will come back in a, in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the trump of God and that's it. Then he's, going to, then he's going to gather everyone in Christ. Till that time, y'all, we should be to the praise of the glory of His grace. Shouldn't we? Yes, we should. We should be to the praise. So, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul would say things like this and this is the reason why he said it. God forbid that I should glory. If, if, you th if anybody ever thought that, that the preacher has any, has any part in getting people to Christ, I cannot, Paul never did take that on him. Now he did form Christ in people by preaching Jesus Christ right so that they understood their Savior. But Paul never did get anybody born again. Never did. Never, never assumed that. Never tried. Paul knew this. Paul says, I know by revelation the mystery that had been hid from ages and ages. And in the book of Colossians, he, talks, he calls it the mystery of God's glory. Colossians, he says, it is of God's glory. And 
Paul said, God forbid. Because people made a lot out of him. And that bothered him. Some people didn't like him. Some people exalted him too high. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's it. That's it. So when you read scriptures like uh, in, in Corinthians, I believe, and then we're going to end with this because I, I know the time is in hand. All right. Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, I believe. <clears throat> All right. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we preach Christ and Him crucified. That's it. We preach a crucified Christ to the glory of God. Unto the Jews, He is a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks, He's quite foolishness. But notice what He says, But unto them that are called. Remember in heaven, there are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. To them that are called, of both Jews and Gentiles, we preach Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That's all we preach. I don't preach works as a system. I mean, I'll, I'll preach works, but not as getting you in Christ. I'll preach works as a result of you being in Christ. That's how the Bible explains it. We are His workmanship, created in Christ unto good works. That God had foreordained that we should walk in them. Guess why? Because it's to the praise of the glory of His grace. All right. <clears throat> then, God, then, then Paul talks about the foolishness of God being wiser than men. And then he says in the 30th uh, or 29th verse that no flesh should glory in His presence. Why? Because it is of God that you are in Christ. Who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. If we're going to glory in the Lord in heaven, if we're going to give Him the right praises then, if we're going to exalt the Lamb as a victorious Savior, you can do it right now, folks. Don't wait till you get there. Go ahead and, and praise Him for who He is to you right now. And that, that will make you the happiest ever on this earth. The more that you praise God and give God the glory, the happier you and I will be. Because that means we're not, you know, the world is not going to affect us near as bad. When, when, the, when the world draws, because listen, Satan's design is to get you not to give God the glory. Now, I feel sorry for that young man who posted that. Now, he's a child of God, and I don't doubt that one bit. He'll be in heaven one day, and I, I, I know he's going to praise God for the glory of God's grace. I wish he knew better now. Then he can lay down that rubble, put it aside, and glorify God properly for the work of Christ. And may God richly bless all of us to do so.